The late night anger management class has begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, the disgruntled gamblers, and everybody else in between. Uh, but hey, for every man's a loss, it's somebody else's win, right? Somebody else's uh, trash is somebody else's uh, treasure. Um, one fortunate thing that happened to us uh, tonight was the fact that Mississippi Valley State were playing basketball uh, tonight. If you if you have monetary problems, you just bet against Mississippi Valley Delta uh, State. My bad. Mississippi Valley Delta, whatever, dude. Um, they lost uh, what they lose by tonight. 38, 39. Yeah, the closest they've come so far this year is 36. Now 0-4 against the number. We rode this last year, all right? <laughs> We rode this. Uh, we rode this uh, last year, but the thing is, the uh, the odds makers catch up to everything, all right. And the numbers start to get pretty crazy. And you know it's crazy when you're laying 32 points with the Grand Canyon Antelopes. Uh, but the Lopes, baby, uh, got it done. The Lopes get it done for you on and off the floor. They got it done for you on the floor, and they get it done uh, for you uh, on the markets as well. I understand their stock uh, closed at 83 dollars. Uh, today. So the National Basketball uh, Association is back. Preseason starts in like nine days. That's how much it's back, back. It's real. It's back, back. Zion Williamson makes his Christmas Day debut against uh, the Miami Heat. That's the first game up. That's at uh, noon uh, Eastern time. Then the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors, I'm sure they, uh, they liked it better when they played these Christmas Day games uh, at home, but you're not the uh, big man on campus. Uh, anymore. You're not the bad boys on the block anymore, but you got Steph Curry back, so you're going to be on national television. Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors take on the Greek Freak and the Milwaukee Bucks, and there's a couple of things that are already annoying the hell out of me, and the NBA season is just three uh, weeks away. You know what? I guess it literally is three weeks away. Exactly. Uh, depending on, it depends on where you are. What? Yeah, where, where, where you are, what you know. What time of the day do you count this? I count this as Tuesday, all right? We can be at like four in the morning or whatever. I don't care. It's still, it's not Wednesday, it's Tuesday. Anyways, the season starts on the 22nd, December 1st, slash December 2nd. It's three weeks, all right? It's three weeks. Breaking news. The Brooklyn Nets say that Kevin Durant will not play 72 games. Oh, God, no. I had a lot of money on that that he was going to. Late night anger management class has begun. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners, and I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my MA mm -hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not. Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? We Late night anger management class uh, continues. I'm Marenzi. We're throwing it down. 
the Twisted Tuesday. I have a feeling it's going to be one of these nights uh, tonight. As I was woken up uh, this morning uh, by a fire alarm, and I knew, I knew right then and there, literally and figuratively. You know what? Like a couple of days ago, I had a big crow, black crow, like nearly land on my head on my balcony. Uh, this morning, I got woken up by a fire alarm that was relentless. It went on for like 15 minutes. And I was like, how long is it? Like, like really? It might, might have been longer, actually. Might have been longer. And I tried to escape, but I couldn't because they shut the elevators down because the fire alarm was going off. I was like, that's just great. I like when the alarm was going off, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go get some breakfast and I'm going to try to get in a better mood. And then I get into my hallway and like the elevators not working. And it's like, I'm not walking 23 flights of stairs to go buy some uh, breakfast from a fast food restaurant uh, right now. So I came back inside and I started betting and then I started losing on Champions League soccer. Atalanta can go screw themselves. Not Atlanta, but Atalanta. Steve Merrill knows that. Wager talk. I got to tell you, Steve, I've had like, uh, oh yeah, uh, Steve, I had uh, Kansas tonight, buddy. Minus four. Of course, they win by three. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they, Merrill? How you doing, Steve? I had the Seahawks on Monday night. If that makes you feel any better. Oh, what, the six and a half? Yep. That jerk off goes for two? Why do you go two? for two there? For no reason? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. No, it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, because if you don't get it, you're down by nine and the game's over. I mean, you make it seven. It, it was... Uh, anyway, I mean, the the only logic would be, I guess, they figure if they score again, they're going to go for two for the win anyway, so just get it done with now. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was amazing. I guess they'd bet on the Eagles. Or he's there trying to help guy. the Eagle backers. And, yeah. I saw, I saw a guy today, Steve. He wrote a letter to uh, to Roger Goodell wanting his money back for his bet. Like, he feels as though like he got <laughs> Yeah. Uh, same thing. I've seen uh, – I saw a story that um, – Bet365, uh, you know, now in America as well, but not everywhere, but uh, big in England. And they took a lot of election bets, Steve. And people are, like, fuming. Like, they want their Trump money back. Like, they feel they've been jobbed. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got ripped off. Oh, the Trump money. And, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I bet on Trump. He really won the election. We know it's rigged. And it's funny. One of the offshore books, Steve, actually, like, said, this is what some idiot sent us. And it was a letter, like, of all, like, the false claims and everything. <laughs> I demand my money back. <laughs> and he was, he was going to report. He goes, I'm going to report you. You know, you guys are an illegal book. It's like, what are you going to report? That you just bet it an illegal book, you idiot? <laughs> what right. are you going to report? <laughs> you just bet it the book. <laughs> has, has Bet365 already paid out the Biden bets? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, that's that shit. I guess for most sale. of them have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Every, I mean, you know, has. I mean, everybody has. Everybody has. Well, the books aren't in denial, right? The books, the books see reality. So yeah, yeah, no, it's it's all been paid, but there's been complaints. I want to get the guy's letter. I want to get the um, I want to get the uh, the fans' letter. And we've all been there, actually, Steve. <laughs> we've all been there where. You feel as though you've been unjusted, like, like we, you, you all, we all know we can lose a bet, all right? So you go in, all right, you can lose a bet, it's going to happen. But when something egregious happens, you know, I, I don't know if I've told you the story, Steve, but um, I don't know if it was, I think it was UFC 100, which was like a mega card and stuff like that. And 
dude, there were 11 fights on the card, Steve, and I went 10 and one. All right. So I crushed it that night. So I'm, I'm you know, and I was that the fights. So I was betting like 500. I was, I was 505. I'm crushing it. But I put together a parlay for the sake of it because one one of my buddies there, we were doing live shows. Somebody said, I'm going to take all the picks. I'm going to put it in a parlay. So I was like, yeah, you know, I might as well. I, 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 how do I not do it right now myself, right? I got to play this parlay as well. We swept the board, Steve. The one fight we lost got overturned in the morning because <laughs> the guy failed a drug test. <laughs> I didn't get the money. Well, It was a loser. I don't even know where that ticket is, bro, because I was pretty wasted, and I just threw it away and had it in disgust after. You know what I mean? But what are you going to do? You know, like the uh, the Manny Pacquiao fight against Timothy Bradley guys years ago. That was one where it was like, this is criminal. This is like downright criminal, criminal, in which, come on. Like, nobody thought Timothy Bradley won that fight. You got to be kidding me. Uh, Pacquiao won 10 of the 12 rounds. And, you know, some of the online people, uh, books, paid people, uh, a few people in Vegas did, but, yeah, you know, not not all of them. But I guess it comes with it, Steve, right? But uh, that was a badass beat. I've had, like a, I've had like 13 bad beats in the last 24 hours, Steve, I swear. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, I mean, obviously, we talked about this the other week. You know, someone's always on the other side of them. Anybody had the Eagles Monday night, obviously, got a good beat, or it's not a beat, a yep. good win. But <laughs> it was a bad beat because the Seahawks were covering the entire game. They thoroughly outplayed the Eagles. They outgained them by like a yard per play. Um, so it was the correct side. So I, I'm, I'm actually kind of realizing this now. A bad beat is when you have the right side and lose in a bad way. I think that's probably the best way to define it. I've never really thought of it in those terms before, but like, that parlay was a terrible beat for you because not only was it, you know, close to a huge payday, but you should have won. You know, you basically did win and it just wasn't ruled that way. So it's a good discussion because I've actually 25 years now, it's taken me to finally realize really the yeah, true yeah, definition yeah, yeah. of a bad beat is when you're on the right side and a tough loss. That's a true bad beat. It's a good, I got to be honest with you. I, I've been on a tirade about this recently over the last couple of years or years. So like since the really influx of legal gambling and more people betting and, Oh, I lost. What a bad beat. I lost. What a bad beat. And I, me and Teddy got right. into it because I complained about a bad beat in that Tulsa game against uh, Tulane on that Thursday night when it got to 54. It was yep. 55, but it was 53 all week. Remember the crazy overtime game? And Teddy said it wasn't a bad beat. You bet a bad number. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, oh, shut up. It's a bad beat. All right. But he was kind of right. And it's funny because we've had a lot of discussions. What is a bad beat, Steve? And it's a good point. A bad beat, there's – because if you lose – every time you lose, it doesn't mean it was a bad beat. It could be a bad pick. And luck is going to happen. There's right. going to be variables. But there's sometimes things that just seem like beyond the pale. And the eagle one was because, as you stated, it's one thing, Steve, if you lose in a game, they're going back and forth. It's like, ah, oh, I can't believe they – they just hit the field goal, and we ran out of time. You know what I mean? But it's another thing when you watch a game for three hours, three and a half hours, and the Eagles suck rock, Steve. You know what I mean? They don't do anything. <laughs> Carson Wentz sucks, and then he throws a freaking Hail Mary, and they catch it, bro. Like, that's when it sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean – I think there's several things that have to happen. First of all, it has to be statistically very unlikely for it to end the way it ends. And obviously the way that game ended a Hail Mary, maybe what, 5% chance. 
two-point conversion, maybe, what, a 48% chance? And then they went for it when they shouldn't even have gone for it. It made no sense strategically to go for two when you're down by eight. <laughs> it made no sense. So that really will go down. And, and it was Monday night football on top of that. It was a standalone, the only game in town. I mean, it probably is not getting talked about as much as it should get. That really could go down as one of the worst bad beats I've ever seen. Um, and what's interesting about it, too, Gabe, is the Seahawks were like three and a half early in the week at five. The line uh, went from three and a half to six and a half over like a seven-day period. So if you played it earlier in the week, you could have won with Seattle. I mean, it had everything going for it to make it just an epic. And I hate the word epic, by the way, but it really was an epic bad beat. <laughs> oh, God, Steve. I, I, dude, I don't even like – I hate talking about them because it's like I've, I keep talking about – the word bad beat started to bother me now. I'm hearing it too much. Now it's in my <laughs> head. <laughs> you know, Steve, when Brock Lesnar became an MMA fighter, he was fighting Frank Mir, who's a great submission artist. And they were like, listen, you got to watch out for the ankle lock. So he, he practiced defending uh, the ankle lock by putting himself in an ankle lock. And he goes, I walked right into the ankle lock in the fight. <laughs> Sports Race Late Night <laughs> continues. Bring it. <laughs>sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com rage it up sports rage with gabe morency rage all you want yeah mo that team sure did suck last night they just played sucked I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class continues. I am Renzi. You know, Steve, it really is true, isn't it? Misery loves company. And I got to tell you, I'm getting some great laughs, though, man, about, like, some of these gifts out there of the bad beat from the Seattle game. <laughs> so here's here's a tweet. This is from, uh, from uh, Bleacher Report uh, betting Twitter. Like, um, last night's bad beat was enough for these better to retire from sports betting. This guy uh, sends a message. To my dearest degenerates, I'm sorry to say my sports betting career is coming to an end. I have suffered too many mortal locks losing. My mental health cannot support them anymore. I wish you the best of luck on your future bets, and I hope you have success on your future mortal locks. Uh, someone else, after long consideration, I'd like to announce my retirement from sports betting. want to thank Carson Wentz for ending my career. <laughs> so here's a guy here's a guy that actually emailed Roger Goodell to who may concern let me just start off by saying that I've been an avid fan of the National Football League for uh, a while now however I'm beginning to wonder what this league has become throughout the season there's been plenty of evidence to suggest the NFL is rigged I like Steve said not a letter about the protest or anything uh, what, what's happened to the league <laughs> politics <laughs> I'm starting to believe that the NFL is rigged. I refuse to believe it. I had faith in my favorite league, but it quickly faded after this Monday night game. The reason I'm writing this is variety of reasons. I'm sure you're well aware over 90% of Americans had the Seahawks at minus six and a half. The score in the final drive was 23-9, and even with a touchdown, the spread still would have cashed in any normal game. But the integrity of the game was lost. Throughout the game, once Philly started moving the ball, the ref started giving terrible spots. The start of first down was given in the second half when he was clearly a yard short. Another time, Carson Wentz got away with an obvious intentional grounding. 
it was clear and obvious that he threw the ball four yards short uh, as a coach on the sideline caught it. There were many other errors, but for the lack of time, I will not get into them. The game was never fair to begin with. Going back to the final drive, the TD was expected, making a score 23-15. I've studied the analytics, and there's absolutely no reason to go to two for this situation. <laughs> Unless there's one reason That's only. Right. That is because Vegas had an influence in this game. I don't know who, who it was to blame. Is it the NFL? I remember. Uh, the NFL uh, does not get paid uh, by Vegas, but I fear the NFL has become corrupt. All I ask is for you to compensate all the Seattle betters that were wrong tonight. I will send you my Venmo, and I'm expecting a response shortly. All I ask in return, <laughs> fix your game. This is the NFL. Put your money in Vegas at Hands League. I expect more. Awaiting change. Sincerely, a concerned fan. <laughs> yeah, the um, the entitlement of America speaks loudly in that letter right there. It's like, dude, I know, like, uh, like this is, I'm telling you, dude, like, this is the, the modern culture. You can't just blame everybody all the time and sue everybody, right? Oh, it's all right, they're That's corrupt. Exactly they don't right. like it, you know? That's what we're at right now. That's the culture right now. Blame everybody. And oh, I want to be compensated. So if you bet and you win on a call, you keep the money. Does the book get the money back, Steve? You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine if the sports book, can you imagine if we got an email from the sports book, Steve, this morning? Listen, that was an ultimate screw job. They never should have went for two. Therefore, we are not awarding this as a win. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but it would never work that way nowadays because the sports books, big, bad capitalism, the big, bad, rich business, and everyone has to win. They all get a trophy, right? I mean, it's just, it really, I mean, it is somewhat true though. I don't think anybody 30 years ago would have thought about it. I mean, obviously it's kind of a joke, but I mean, nobody 30 years ago would have even thought about making a joke like that or writing a letter like that because it really does happen nowadays. And uh, I, I fear for the worst, Gabriel. Imagine telling the old school bookies in Cleveland walking into the shop, yeah, I want my money back. You get your, your hands broken. Like <laughs> you <Yeah>. punch <laughs> them out. Like, so what? That, that, what? That would turn out real well. <laughs> the <laughs> only thing I ever did like this, Steve, I had a complete meltdown myself. Bob Wickman. Remember Bob Wickman, uh, former closer. So Bob Wickman, dude, the guy like was killing me, Steve. All right. Like he was killing me. Like two years in a row, Bob Wickman like terrorized me to the, like the tune of like, you know, 50,000 plus type of thing. So finally I snapped and um, we did it on the air, but I had my producer, we wrote a letter to the Atlanta Braves about Bob Wickman. Sort of one of the same type of things, a concerned fan. But the thing is, well, you're gonna like my angle, Steve. Bob Wickman was like a fat ass and out of shape and stuff like that. So I wrote a letter demanding that the strength and conditioning coach be fired and Bob Wickman traded because they're a disgrace to like the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it's like, what kind of example are you setting for children? Like, look at like, and, and I said, and not to mention he blows leads all the time. <laughs> so we wrote this long letter to the Atlanta Braves. Steve, they responded to us. They wrote us back. Wow. They wrote us back. Thank you for watching Atlanta Brave baseball. We continue to hope that you support the Braves. They thought we were like Braves fans or something. Like, we, we hope you continue to support the Braves. Um, 
Bob Wickman is one of uh, the most outstanding members of the community and a great role model for the Atlanta Braves. Our strength and conditioning coach is doing a great job. Thanks for watching Braves baseball. I have to give him credit, Steve. I have to give him credit for actually responding, because you know they were laughing when we sent it. They actually responded to us. <laughs> and that well, is yeah, a they, joke. They mentioned the gist of Steve. the letter. Yeah, that's what it yeah, they actually knew what was in the letter. Though. I was I thought that was going to be some form response, but yeah, they actually knew exactly yeah, 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 what you yeah, wrote yeah. about, which makes it even better. They got a <laughs> kick out of it, exactly. They laughed, I guess, and they responded. And and, uh, and then as a joke, uh, my buddy, as a joke, oh, my mic, I got a little mic issue here. There we go. Uh, as a joke, my buddy, he actually bought me Bob Wickman's pants. I think a jersey would have been better. I've got Bob Wickman's game-worn pants in a bag in a storage locker right now. New York Yankee game-worn pants. I don't even like touching them in the bag, Steve. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get you a hat or a jersey or something. Pants. <laughs> yeah, who the hell wants pants? I'm sure man. they're way too big. I'm surprised. I took them out of the bag. I'm like, they're not that big, but they're like skin tight, I guess, on them, you know? Skin tight. Yeah, yeah. Bob, yeah, Bob Wickman. Bob Wickman's cost us a lot. But, yeah, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in betting. I always tell people that. For people, and you know what? I respect the people that said, I'm never betting again. But those are the same people that say they're never drinking again on New Year's Eve, uh, New Year after New Year's Eve. But I always tell people that. People that really cry about bets and they lost and, you know, the woe is me stuff. It's like, dude, unless you're going to quit and, you know what I mean, then if you're betting tomorrow, then shut up. Because are you, you know what I mean? You're going to, yeah, good luck will happen down the road. It goes both ways. You get caught up in this stuff sometimes. Right. And the other thing, as I always say, is, I mean, if one game hurts that bad, you're not using proper money management, which goes yes. without saying. But the, another reason that Seattle game gave was, was such a perfect storm was, as I said, not only was it the standalone Monday night game, but for a lot of people, Monday night ends the collection week. It was the last day of the month. Not that that necessarily probably matters to most, but I mean, it was just, it really was a por perfect storm for like, for something like that to happen when it happened for chaos. Yeah, or, or it starts the new week for some people. <laughs> it's the one right. way to start Nowadays it does for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah the, yeah. the old Cleveland guys, that would have been the last game, but now a lot of people end on Sunday. So that's the reason it's not as bad. It is true. You're right. It used to be Monday. You're right. The Monday was the last now. Now it's changed. It's usually Sunday at midnight. That's the cutoff. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday well, that's at the midnight. Sunday night game. And, and Gabe, that translates well into, you know, the Ravens-Steelers situation because um, I didn't realize, so I was reading up on this today, that NBC pays $910 million for one year of Sunday night football, almost a billion dollars for Sunday night football. That's how big that game wow. is. And ESPN is going to be jockeying for it in the next couple of years when that contract's up because Monday night is not what it used to be. Obviously, uh, Sunday night is king. Wow, they paid nearly a billion dollars uh, for basically uh, including the playoffs. And, then and, that's stuff, a, so. and they make money, I guess. I mean, that's what's insane about it. Yeah, there's more commercials on the Sunday night games, too. You're right. That's become the, the marquee matchup. So what do you think, though, Steve? Um, so we have Wednesday afternoon football. There's all these hashtags. I created my own. WAF, WAF, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon football. You know, not MNF, TNF, <laughs> WAF, Wednesday afternoon football. But it's actually at 3.40. Because I was thinking, Steve, I'm like, when I first heard it was at 3.40 in the afternoon Eastern, 
I thought, I don't know, maybe because they have to play again in four days and, right. you know, there's a certain cutoff of time that, you don't know, you play, you can't play at night and then make them play again at that time or whatever. But no, it's actually because NBC is airing the lighting of the Christmas tree and they don't want to yep. move it. They're not, they're not moving it. Like it was un- non-negotiable. Uh, there's so much at stake. Whatever they have, big you know Gwen Stefani and a bunch of people are performing and all that type of crap. Uh, but it's amazing to me that the NFL lost out to a Christmas tree, Steve. See, now this is exactly what I was talking about because that's what I read as well. Um, and it's turning out that that might that was ESPN reporting. And keep in mind, ESPN is vying for that Sunday night contract. Um, what I read today after hearing that as well is NBC now claims that they're fine with it, but they would have um, moved it to one of their cable networks, recorded and then shown it the next night on NBC. And um, they're saying the NFL actually put it there first. So I don't know now what the true story is, because I initially thought what you did, Gabe, that it was about travel. I was like, this is stupid. What's an extra five hours make? And keep in mind, big picture here, you know, I'm talking about how valuable Sunday night is. NBC lost the standalone Thursday night Thanksgiving national TV game last week. And they uh, they put the dog show on. I turned it on just to see what was on. They had the Westminster dog show on. Good call. So now dog show and Christmas tree has bumped the two NFL primetime games for him. <laughs> An undefeated team at that. Late night anger management class continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. And how much? $100? $200? Stop. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Late Night Anger Management Class continues. Steve Merrill kicking with us. Wager talk in the house. Andrew McInnes will step up in it a little bit uh, later on, actually. Pete Annapolis, uh, great to talk NBA basketball with Pete. Steve, hard to believe NBA uh, rapidly approaching, Steve. Here we are right now. It's going to be a basketball smorgasbord, isn't it? NBA, college basketball, college basketball. It's, it's a weird year uh, this year. You know, I guess the one pattern with college basketball is there is no pattern, Steve. Right? One day there's a million overs. The next day there's a bunch of unders. It's all over the place. There's upsets. There's blowouts. What's your take? What's your what's your analysis of um, of college basketball now that we're six days in? Yeah, I mean, college basketball has been very, very good to me so far. Uh, three and one, 75% start. Uh, I've been picking my spots, obviously. Uh, didn't have anything on Saturday or Sunday, but it's been a good start overall. Had Virginia this afternoon. Um, I thought it was a nice bounce-back spot. They lost outright as a 15-point favorite last Friday. Came back as a big favorite, but... I'll tell you one thing I've noticed about Virginia, obviously a team I follow closely here in the state of Virginia. Um, they're very talented this year, but they look like their focus might be questionable. They blow out Towson in that first game, a decent Towson team. Then they lose outright as a 15-point favorite. They're up by 32 at the half today. They only end up winning by 25 as a 23-point favorite, so they made, made me sweat it. 
which just tells me that when they want to turn it on, they can do it, but then they kind of take their foot off the gas. It's just something to keep an eye on, and we're going to see that with all these teams. You know, we have to handicap the motivation, the focus more than ever. And these postponements, Gabe, you know, we talked about what a mess college basketball is going to be. I thought maybe it wouldn't be as bad as people thought just because there's less players on the teams and whatnot. But my hometown team, William & Mary, played their opener Saturday night. Sunday, they had to cancel their next four games. Uh, They have a COVID outbreak in one of their Tier 1 positions, which is either a player or a coach. Uh, So now the next four games are postponed. I I really think this college season might be a bigger debacle than we even imagined. Yeah, you know what? I I, I agree with you, Steve. I think that people – it's off to a good start, but I think that – People don't realize it. Like, they're going to rack up as many games as they can right now. Like, basically, Villanova don't want to leave the Mohegan Sun. Like, they went to the Bubbleville, and they keep booking more games. They're like, we're going to stay. We're going to book another game. We're going to book another game. I think he just wants to get as many games in now, knowing what potentially could happen around the corner. You know there'll be an NCAA. Steve, I'm thinking about this, too. The big picture in college basketball there's going to be an NCAA tournament. They can't lose that money two years in a row, right? They're not going to let that happen. But I don't see every team playing their 35 games and all that, Steve, right? Or 30 or whatever their games. I know I know the schedule has been reduced. That's another thing, too. I mean, Mountain West teams are playing 20 games, right? So now look, and look, Steve, already in the Bay Area, all those teams, they're already they're looking for places to play now. They can't play at home for three weeks. And it's going to get worse. There's going to be a post-Thanksgiving spike. The thing, though, that it makes me optimistic, and the reason I thought maybe it was kind of being overblown, all the worry, is that you can play two or three games in a week. You can play anywhere on short notice. And once again, you only need about six or seven key players to play a game. You know, even if your bench guys are out, you can still play. Whereas football, you need a minimum of 22 just to have a starting offense and defense. You have 70 guys that are traveling. And you can't play two or three games in a week. So even if they get 20 games in versus 35, you could still make a good judgment on who should make the tournament. Whereas college football, some teams aren't going to even get like six games in now. So in that regard, basketball is better. The downside is that they're playing into the heart of the, you know, the winter here. The outbreaks are getting worse. Uh, The cold flu season is going to hit as well. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I think they will definitely have a tournament. They also could do it in a bubble setting, which football really can't do. Um, and I'll say, you know, talking about the NBA starting soon, you know, I'm not a big NBA fan as far as the, the politics of it. I think they're unbelievably hypocritical, and I'm not a big fan of the league itself. I love making money with the betting aspect of it, but they got it right. I mean, in hindsight now, they didn't have a single outbreak, the entire restart and the entire postseason down there. Um, so the bubble concept yeah, but today, works. Steve. And yeah, Today, the well, State and the Warriors thing is, Gabe, you know, what's going to happen with the regular season, though? Yeah, the Warriors open up camp today. Warriors open up camp. Two guys got COVID <laughs> day one. <laughs> so, right, because they're big, not going to have the difference. same protocols they had. Yeah, big well, difference here's being in the take, bubble Gabe, and not in the bubble. I, I don't think they would have had a season if they had done another bubble, don't you? I mean, I don't think the guys would have put up with it again. So it I'm not even been. sure it was an option. The do- you know what? Same with the NFL. People out of the NFL, Dr. David Chow was a regular one that said it was a non-starter. The players were like, there's no way in hell. It's one thing, guys, to ask. That was a unique situation back then. And it's one thing to ask people because, you know, only two teams were actually there for four months or three and a half months. You know what I mean? Right. Some right. of the, you know, some teams got bounced early. So you're you're telling some dude, listen, you're either getting your 25 million or you're not, and you got to go stay at Disney World for eight weeks. It's not the end of the world. 
It's a little bit different telling a football player. And even from a medical situation, it's hard to handle. How would you handle all these like injured NFL players in a bubble? How many doctors do you have? How many like medical tents? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of challenges. When it gets to the playoffs, they're going to have to think of something. They're going to have to come up with something. But it leads me into this, Steve. Perfect segue, actually. I want to get your take on the craziness of the Steeler-Raven game, obviously. But as far as normally, I, you know, the college football rankings to me are like, ah, whatever. It's We know what's going to happen. But what about Ohio State? And what about just sort of the how many games is enough? I was kidding last night, Steve, that listen. The Big Ten made a deal, and they told everybody in the conference, if you don't play six games, you can't play in the Big Ten conference championship game. Ohio State's at four right now. There's already talk. I'm seeing right now on ESPN about, oh, does Ohio State, are they worthy of this? So they only have two more games. If Michigan State or the Michigan game gets canceled, Ohio State's in a lot of trouble, right? Can they get in at 5-0, not even playing in the Big Ten championship game? It's a real mess uh, right now. And as I stated, if you're Michigan, you got nothing to gain from playing that game. Uh, you should almost just say, we've got COVID. We can't play. Sorry, safety comes first. Pull a Florida State against Clemson. And then better yet, you even screw over Ohio State. But I guess, Steve, the way you look at this, Ohio State's not going to lose. They're, you know, So are they worthy of being in the playoffs, Steve, Ohio State, no matter like how little more games they play? Yeah, I mean, a couple of takes on that. We talked about it last week. You're talking about how Wisconsin was really going to get screwed, you know, not having enough games. And I'm wondering if they ever would have opened their mouths and made that rule if they thought Ohio State was in jeopardy of not qualifying for the same logistical reasons. I doubt it personally. I don't think they yeah. want to shoot their golden goose. So they've kind of screwed themselves here now by trying to screw out Wisconsin, <laughs> who was a legitimate Final Four contender. And that's not who they wanted as their Final Four contender, you know? Let's say there's a six-game minimum because Ohio State will get there, but Wisconsin won't, and boom, now maybe Ohio and, State doesn't get there. But And let me ask you, Steve. You know, the, sorry, the let me just Ohio jump State, in. Though, yeah. Let me just jump in. And look, as soon as it sort of became evident that Wisconsin couldn't win, that they knew, they lost to Northwestern. Think about it. Yeah. If you're on the team, you're like, well, so you're telling me even if we win every game, we're not going to – no, you're not going because we're not playing enough games. Kind of kills the focus and motivation of the team, doesn't it? Yeah, that's an excellent point. I mean, and I think you're spot on with that. Wisconsin's a good defensive team, but Wisconsin should have beaten them. Um, but as far as Ohio State goes, I have not been impressed with that defense. I mean, they've given up a lot of yards and points in numerous games now. So unless they play another four or five games, I see them play a lot better defensively. I'm not sure I would put them in right now anyway. And if they only play four or five games, that'd be even more of a reason for me to leave them out. Um, Alabama look looks heads and above everybody else, in my opinion. Um, the Clemson loss at Notre Dame in double OT. Now, obviously, the backup quarterback didn't cause them to lose that game because they scored a ton of points, but that was a very good loss, you know. So I think you'd have to have them in if they don't lose another game. And Notre Dame, of course, is undefeated, so you got to have them in. So it really only opens one other spot. Um, but they you know, play Oklahoma had those team. two early losses, but I'll tell you, the Sooners right now, offensively, as good as anybody in the country. They play, but the thing is, so basically, guys, I was going to cut to the chase here. And as you stated, what a job that Nick Saban has done in the COVID era. Like, really, never once bitched about it. No outbreaks with Bama. He's gotten it. <laughs> but they're just, they were ready to play. They're systematic. Mac Jones did never got credit. Like, the old Mac Jones is some big downgrade or something like that. The offense is explosive. They make enough stops on defense. So I, I agree. Alabama is just unbelievable. But 
So look, Steve, Notre Dame and Clemson will play each other in the ACC Conference Championship. So that eliminates one of them. Boom, they're gone. So the winner moves on. Then, you know, you have Ohio State, who I think would get in. But what happens with that other spot? And I'll tell you, Texas A&M might be better than people are giving them credit for, Steve. I guess, well, the the committee gives them credit because the Aggies are knocking on the door right now, Steve, in the five hole. Yeah, I mean, what about Florida also? Florida's standing in a solid 7-1 uh, potent offense. Um, I think Florida's actually a better team, but, yeah, I think Texas A&M probably has a better path. They but definitely A&M One of those two them. teams could definitely sneak in. A&M right. beat them. That's the difference. Now you get Cincinnati. Exactly. That's not going to go down well with Cincinnati if they're, like, 11-0 and Ohio State's 7-0 and Ohio State gets in. But I think that's how it's going to play out, guys. You know, it's basically – it's going to be Alabama – the winner of the Notre Dame-Clemson game, Ohio State, and then is it going to be another SEC team or will they say, you know what, let's throw Cincinnati in? If I had to guess, Steve, right now, I'd say Cincinnati gets in. I think that this is the year that they'll say, you know what, let's not put another SEC team in. You know what I mean? Let's not put, like, you know, do we really need to put the Florida Gators in or Texas A&M in, et cetera? I think the Cincinnati Bearcats can get in, Steve. Yeah, but what if what if Clemson and Notre Dame play another double OT game and, and Clemson wins by an extra point, wins by one in oh. double OT? You don't think they oh, both get point. in? Oh, you're right. Well, I always remember, yeah, and, and you're Notre Dame. You've got the power. You're right. If you were a scrub school and you lost, you'd be screwed. You're Notre Dame. Good point. So what you're saying is you think Notre Dame's in. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a really good point about them playing each other, and obviously the Clemson loss at Notre Dame backup quarterback would not be as bad as Notre Dame losing on a neutral field in the rematch. Um, Now, if Clemson – I think Notre Dame's likely to be in because if Clemson loses, they're out because then there's two losses in a row to the same team. Um, If Clemson wins, they probably get in, and I think Notre Dame probably stays in. Uh, Here's one team. If you're looking for a sleeper, USC – 3-0. 3-0. and They could only probably get six games, but they could very well end up undefeated. Um, I don't think that's probably enough, but that also brings another element that we haven't talked about. You know what? I stepped up with USC uh, against Utah. Uh, too bad that Colorado game got uh, shut down. Yeah, you know what? The, the Pac-12 is really not getting a lot of respect, though. I mean, you look at USC. They come in number 20. Wow. It goes to show where their reputation is uh, right now. Iowa State comes in at 9 and if you're wondering about BYU, they're going to be on the outside looking in. They're at 13. They're at 13. Indiana, Oklahoma, Miami, Iowa State, Georgia, Cincinnati, Florida, Texas A&M, all ahead of them. Um, all right, Steve, so what do you make of uh, this train wreck? It's tough, man. Like, it's, it's, all, it's, it's tough in the COVID era, Steve, to cap these games. But this game is crazy. I mean, we're talking about 30 people were on the list. I think it's down to 20 right now. But this game is real tough. RG3 in, and God knows who else is playing for um, for the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, Steve. Yeah, I mean, once again, the key to handicap in the NFL regular season, preseason, anything is the quarterback position. Um, as you mentioned, RG, RG3 will be starting for Lamar Jackson, who's out. Um, Griffin is more than capable. Uh, you know, in, in his payday as a rookie many years ago with the Redskins, he was kind of a RG3, was a uh, Lamar Jackson himself, RG3, that is. Uh, not quite the same quarterback now, but I think he can win games. Um, and Baltimore doesn't have to win. They have to stay within 10. But really tough call. You know, it, it, this Hold is a tough one for me, and I'm still going back and forth on it. 
Uh, we'll wrap up with Steve on the other side. Late that anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Level one winding down, rapid fire as always. Andrew McKinnis going to step up and in. Sports Memo, wager talk in the house tonight. Steve Merrill, kick it with us. Pete Annapolis, former assistant coach with the UMass Minutemen, will join us a little bit uh, later on. Already as television analyst, we'll talk some NBA. We'll get into some NBA uh, earlier than that uh, as well. But uh, Steve, so before we just wrap up, yeah, it's it's, just, it's a it's a it's a tough game. It's a tough game. You get the Baltimore COVID stuff, especially right now overnight. This is a game where you're going to want to wait to the last possible minute to find out, you know, all the um, all the roster, all the roster activity here. I'd like to go contrarian and take Baltimore. These like these primetime games that you you've got a hell of a lot more discipline than I do, Steve. And I'm not betting massive units, but you know, I get in on these primetime games that I wouldn't bet on. Like poor Cam today, live, we're on the show, and he jumps in on, on Western Kentucky in-game. And after, he's like, you think if I wasn't on the air, if I was sitting at home, I would have jumped in on this pick? You know, like, he said, no, man, about jumping in on. But it's true. I mean, Steve, I'm doing a show during Monday Night Football called In-Game Live. We're supposed to get picks. I don't want to bet on a Bears-Vikings game or some of these stupid games. You know, I mean, I knew last night was going to be a train wreck and it had disaster written all over it. And now I'm walking right into this one on Wednesday afternoon that has train wreck and disaster written all over it. Yeah, I mean, look, anything you handicap has a has a price what the line should be, right? So you can put up you can put odds on anything in life. Um, the look ahead line <laughs> two weeks ago was was Steelers one and a half at home. Now it's ten. Um, so the question becomes, are all the players the Ravens are losing, all the turmoil, the distractions over the last week, is it worth, you know, eight and a half points? And I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's not an easy question. That, but that's what you do as a handicapper. You try to answer that. Um, you know, the question also becomes, like, defensively, how beat up are they? Because the first thing they go, well, maybe the under, you know, because, you know, Jack, you know, uh, Griffin's going to run the ball. They're going to take it easy on offense. That's Steelers my aren't a real explosive offense, good defensive team. So, yeah, so we'll have to see, though. But that's a low total for an NFL game, 42. All right, Steve, so the music's playing, which means I think we got about 30 seconds. Listen, this Gonzaga team has lived up to the hype so far. Gonzaga, West Virginia. West Virginia's pretty good, too. Uh, what do you think? Five seconds, Steve. Yeah, early line was 7.5. It's now 8, 8.5. So a little bit of early sharp money has been on Gonzaga. <laughs> 